This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This episode was made possible by the following sponsors. Discover more ways to enhance flavor and maximize beer yields with Salvo. Now available in varieties like Sultana, Trident, Lotus, Calypso, Cascade, and many more. Discover how Salvo can help boost your brew at hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com. And thanks also to Brew Ninja, a brewery software solution that streamlines your day-to-day operations, including inventory, accounting, sales, and compliance, so that you can focus on making great beer. Listeners of this podcast will receive a unique offer by going to GetBrewNinja.com and using the code BrewNinja21. We're molecularly restructuring the water is what we're doing. And, so, and this is something where we're working feverishly on to try and meet a number of different applications from the farm all the way through to the uh, process plants. This week on the show, what the heck is ISTT water and what can it do for us? Hi, good morning. My name's Carl Halterman. Good morning. Uh, My name's Jeff Gunn. I'm uh, president and uh, CEO of IDD Process and Packaging. What is INI surface tension technology? Over to you, Carl. Okay. Uh, INI surface tension technology is based, it's uh, electrolysis. Uh, it's where we're able to manipulate uh, the properties of the water from the source coming in. And we basically are able to manipulate the pH levels and increase the ORP levels up to, you know, for the, their antimicrobial state. Well, let's back up for a second. Why don't you tell us what electrolysis is? Because that's something that we probably need to explained for most folks electrolysis it's an electrochemical process by which electrical energy is used to promote chemical reactions in a conducting solution with electrodes the anode is a positive and the cathode a negative now is this a is this a type of ion exchange for example you see a lot of small breweries in europe use weak acidic cation exchangers to change carbonate hardness into CO2 so they can reduce their residual alkalinity. Is this just a different type of ion exchange or is it something completely different? This is pretty similar to what you're, what you're talking about right now. Um, I mean, electrolyzed water has been around for over 200 years. And, um, you know, some of the success that uh, we've had in it is we've, we've been able to manipulate through our process and the type of um, materials that we use inside our chambers to basically, we're probably the only company out there that does a stabilization of, of what we're doing. So 
this is far more advanced than most of the other ion exchange type systems. Okay, but it is a type of ion exchange, it sounds like. Yes, it is. Yes. How and why does, does this change surface tension? And what exactly does that do for us? By changing surface tension, first off, uh, it speeds up the process, anything you use in it. For instance, sanitation, you know, crop, you know, treating crops, hops and barley and stuff like that. By reduced surface tension, we're taking that all the way down to a nanobubble state where if you put it in your fingers in about two seconds, you, can, you don't feel your fingers. That's how slick it is. That's one of the key things that we set out to do instead of just going micro bubbles, we actually go all the way down to the nanobubble, which in the industries we're into, that's a big thing to, you know, number one, in using it in the food industry, they're able to use less, less water because they got better high, overall hydration. Carl, what, what exactly is the difference between a, a, a micro bubble and a nano bubble? Um, I'm not sure I know what that means. Obviously, one sounds smaller than the other. Right. Well, usually in water clusters, usually a water cluster has 11, 13. We actually take that down to two to three microbubbles. And fortunately, with this new system, we actually now take it down to a nanobubble structure, which is a lot less, um, lot less uh, surface tension that you can get in anything else. Um, I mean, that's, that's starting to be more and more aware in the industries that we're working in right now is the surface tension in water. Um, you know, I, I can give you some examples, but I, I don't want to, you know, get into that part of some of the applications that we're used on. But everybody that we have systems in, because of the reduced surface tension, we're using a lot less water in a process. It, um, you know, and that's the other reason why we're able to uh, put the mineral, uh, all the minerals come into the water in suspension. And that's because of the reduced surface tension. Walk us through what happens as water enters the equipment. Uh, simple tap water is what we're using, or well water. It's uh, clean, potable water. Uh, enters the ISTT units through a first chamber where it's mixed with a weak electrolyte brine solution. This solution then travels through the electrolysis chamber, creating Electrolytes, which are separated by a membrane, creating acidic, low pH and alkaline, high pH waters. Then from within this first chamber, all residual mineral, minerals, as uh, uh, Carl had said, are maintained into suspension throughout the process. A reduction of the water surface tension started prior to entering the second stage chamber, where the separation of the acidic and alkaline water takes place place and the surface tension is reduced from that micro bubble down to the nano bubbles for improved hydration of organic materials and that's one of the major powers of this uh, solution the ph level for each separated water can be manipulated uh, within each chamber to maintain stable levels required for specific applications and this is something where we're working feverishly on to try and meet a number of different applications from the farm all the way through to the uh, process plants. And if neutral water is needed, then we mix both the acidic and alkaline waters back together again, which 
still maintains the electrolyzed water uh, properties and its potential. Carl, you, you, you talked a little bit about what happens to the water molecule and the nanobubbles that are formed. Is there anything more you'd like to say about sort of um, how, the, uh, how the water molecule is transformed during electrolysis? Well, it's, you know, basically, uh, like Jeff mentioned in there, you know, it goes through the uh, light brine solution. And basically what that does, that helps us get the conductivity across the, uh, the electrode. And, uh, and by going across the electrode, it does go in. And we actually produce two different, you know, the other two different waters is acidic and the other one's alkaline. We also can increase the ORP in the water. Basically, ORP is tell, tells you how much anti, antimicrobial activity you have in your water. Most, most of your source water has between 240, uh, 180 to 240 positive millivolts. We actually increase that up to over 1,000 and we're able to stabilize it. That's the key thing, and that's what reduced surface tension also helps us do is re, uh, stabilizing the ORP in the water. And then, you know, we actually create. Uh, two different active ingredients and the separated water. One is hypochlorous acid, and hypochlorous acid is very antimicrobial. Um, you know, basically, it's it's similar to a chlorine, but it isn't because we don't have any residual taste or smell uh, when it's on the product, but it stays active the whole time. The alkaline water, we produce sodium hydroxide, and it's a degreaser detergent. And that also is all part of reduced surface tension. If you don't get the reduced surface tension in the water, you're not going to get the separations in, in the, um, we're molecularly restructuring the water is what we're doing. That's what happens. And it's done by several different means of doing it. Uh, you know, the machines that we build, you know, everything is the size for a purpose simply because you have to have the conductivity all the way through the chamber uh, to be able to do the proper separation. Uh, you know, we control, you know, the pH levels. We can, you know, change a pH level of either high pH or low pH within about two to three seconds. Uh, most other people in the industry, if they have to change the pH levels, they usually have to make up a different brine solution. We don't use it. We use a very weak brine solution in our systems. You mentioned earlier that um, this type of thing has been around for a while. Is, is this... Is this, you know, would you say this is new technology or just technology that's new to the brewing industry? It's new to the brewing industry. It's been around oh, over 100 years or more. But uh, from the brewing industry standpoint, uh, John, we've just started uh, introducing it this last year. What are you most excited about? Where do you think this technology could have the biggest impact? Well, as I see it at the moment, Two, two major areas, basically. One is within the malting plants. Um, having dealt with maltsters in the past, you know, with their steeping water, they always used to generate chlorine dioxide or they would use chlorine in their steeping water for sanitation purposes. And, of course, that has an adverse effect, uh, especially with chlorine on this, the, the malting of itself. Uh, the sprouting of the barley, uh, whereas when we're using the water with the with the low surface tension, it's going to absorb into the barley kernel a lot better, 
and allow the uh, budding process to take place a lot quicker. And of course, at the same time, it is a sanitizing water. So does two things in one go. Uh, the other area is is in the fields, uh, where Carl has done a lot more work than I have uh, in that area, and he can probably expand on that one. Yeah, we can, uh, in the field area, um, hops, barley, and, you know, we do this in fruit trees, berries, cherries, everything else. Uh, we actually maintain uh, and able to neutralize all the, the mold and mildew that happens throughout the growing cycle, which is a big deterrent, you know, the, the farmers do have. Um, and, you know, the other thing is uh, we actually, you know, we're the a lot of the uh, mildew comes from starts from the dirt up when the water is used on spraying it it actually starts neutralizing whatever kind of mildew is in the bottom sur the the dirt prior so it doesn't actually get up into the trees um you know and basically uh, you know that that's one of the key aspects we do on the growing side you know, the processing side, uh, we actually are able to reduce the hydration. I know when Jeff has mentioned the malting side of it, we should be able to cut the time it takes the malt to, uh, I'm going to say probably 25% less time than normal. I'm actually talking with a couple people in the hop industry right now. And because they're getting a lot more, you know, pushing from EPA and stuff on how to even treat when they stripped everything else, uh, the hops, the vines and stuff, the treating before they, uh, whatever they do to the vines, they have to treat all, all the vines prior to, you know, either plowing them into the ground or taking them out and burn them. So, and the nice thing about it is it's just, it's, it's the water that's around and we can use any kind of water you have out there, you know, well, not, not there, if there's a lot of different sediments in it, but, uh, you know, but it, it is uh, on the growing side of it. It's the things that we do with it right now. It's a lot less than chemicals. I mean, if we have to on the neutral water, we can actually add with the chemicals to and reduce the concentration. I know. And one of the industries we're into right now, we're able to, you know, they won't completely stop using chlorine, but we're able to reduce the concentration by over 90%. And through the hydration, you actually get a lot fresher product, too. Coming up. That obviously helps within the mash process as well, because the low surface tension, and you're going to get a lot quicker conversion. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. There's really only one thing that keeps this podcast going, and that's when listeners like you take the time to thank our sponsors. The next time you talk to a rep from one of these companies, be sure to thank them for their generous support. Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. 
domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. Brew Monitor from Precision Fermentation works with your existing fermentation tanks to track dissolved oxygen, pH, gravity, pressure, temperature, and conductivity in real time from any smartphone, tablet, or PC. Get started for 30 days risk-free. Visit precisionfermentation.com MBAA. This episode is brought to you by RAR Malting Company, celebrating 175 years of the malt of reputation. Since 1847, RAR Malt has been a benchmark of quality and consistency for brewers everywhere. RAR can help your brewery maintain quality and consistency. Our technical center provides testing and analytical expertise on barley, malt, beer, and other fermented beverages and ingredients. Learn more about our services at bsgcraftbrewing.com. Are you looking to improve quality, shelf life, and sleep better at night while offering a wider portfolio of beverages? Alpha Laval has over 30 years of experience delivering inline flash pasteurization technology to the brewing industry. Flexitherm is a tried and true flash pasteurizer at an affordable price and comprised of Alpha Laval's own high quality pumps, valves, and heat exchangers. Whether you offer barrel aged beer and non alcoholics or are expanding your customer reach with your core brands, Alpha Laval's Flexitherm can accomplish all your goals in a flash. Visit us at alphalaval.us slash MBAA to learn more. Keg Shoe Keg Tracking. Do you remember the last time you placed an order for kegs? How you thought, this time, it'll be different? This time, they won't go missing? Deposits in order, kegs delivered, tapped, and brought back to the brewery moved as quickly as they're sold. See how keg shoe keg tracking can make a difference and get started for free at kegshoe.ca slash podcast. And here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. District Philly meets at Rural City Beer Company, August 26th. District St. Paul, Minneapolis meets at The Lab, August 30th. Don't miss the NA Beer Production Using Evaporative De-Alcoholization Methods webinar, August 31st. The world-famous Master Brewers Brewing and Malting Science course begins September 9th. District Milwaukee meets at Third Space Brewing September 15th. Don't miss the Using CellPose 2.0 and Open Source Deep Neural Network for Yeast Cell Counting webinar on September 19th. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. What does it cost to operate this type of system? Well, it comes down, it com, comes down to a brine, brine solution, which is uh, pure salt um, and a low power. It's, it, the power uh, to operate them is quite low. We're running just a fractional horsepower pump for pumping the brine into the uh, water stream. And the rest of it is run on a 12-volt system for doing the electrolysis application. So really, it's uh, using the mains water pressure or the well pump water pressure, the brine pump, and, of course, the the electrolysis process. So it's very, very low energy uh, usage. 
some of the pr- processing companies uh, I have equipment in now, uh, the cost of uh, in operation is relatively really expensive. Anywhere from three quarters of a cent a gallon to a cent and a half a gallon, depending on what they're doing with it. Uh, you know, basically that's that's what it breaks down to. To make the brine doesn't cost hardly anything because salt is not that expensive. And you know, the two hundred gallon tanks. Um, you know, and the other companies I'm into, I, I we go into uh, 150 gallon tanks, and that lasts them two weeks. And those machines, I mean, these plants are running double shifts. They're running about 18 hours a day. Uh, so it's relatively inexpensive compared to anything. Okay, talk talk about the maintenance. It, it sounds like this might be similar to you know a household water softener, where I'm buying bags of salt and adding them to my brine tank. Have I got that right, or is it, is it <laughs> something different? Something similar, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, t- yeah, t- typically, typically we're using uh, two one hundred gallon um, uh, tanks into which we uh, mix the brine solution, and uh, that's fed in based upon the water analysis and what sort of electrolytic action we need to uh, actually carry out the process that we're trying to achieve. Um, that, that's about as far as it goes. Is the ISTT water stable or do you have to use it within a certain amount of time? Uh, we have, we, we've been able to stabilize the high and the low pH. I mean, the neutral water is not going to be as stable as long, but we've been able to, you know, some of the fruit warehouses we're into right now, uh, to go online and stuff like that. Uh, our water is maintained inside of the tanks that we've tested all the time. Uh, you know, for instance, let's say a cherry plant, cherry plants only run about three and a half to four months out of the year. Then they shut off. We've gone back in those plants, you know, four months, three months, four months, six months, and the water is still stable inside those tanks. So, yeah, we do maintain stability. And that's because we actually do get 100% separation on both waters. You know, we don't have any uh, acidic and alkaline and alkaline and acidic water once they're separated. And when you come back together, you know, the neutral water, uh, you know, you're going to have a stability in that uh, probably for, you know, two to three weeks. So, but that's longer than, than it's required by EPA standards either as well, too. It's a lot longer than that. Does the temperature of the water affect the process or its stability? Uh, to go into the system, you can't have any kind of boiling water or hot water and stuff. Uh, you know, we've had water anywhere from 55 degrees to, you know, 72 degrees. Uh, but when it's, you know, when somebody uses it for sanitation and they, they heat it, you know, it gets hot and stuff like that, it doesn't affect the stability in it whatsoever. Um, you know, and in the freezing side of it, uh, we've used it to freeze fish before and it doesn't, it does not lose its stability whatsoever. So, uh, I mean, that's the one fortunate thing about it. It's still water. You know, we've just been able to manipulate it to what we needed to do. For brewery applications, correct me if I've got this wrong, but it seems like you're recommending ISTT water not as a replacement of cleaning and sanitizing chemicals, but perhaps as a supplement to them. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we see two or three applications in the brewery itself, uh, John. Uh, one, obviously, is during CIP, SIP. It can be used for both. Uh, we probably be using about 25% additional sodium hydroxide, especially on brew kettles and uh, uh, heavy organic uh, fermenters. Um, but other than that, the sanitizing side of it is easy because it's a hypochlorous acid, and that's going to give us at least a three to four log uh, kill. Um, as far as brewing water goes, uh, we can adjust that to meet the right pH, you know, in the 5.6 range. And uh, that can be used as strike water for the brew. And uh, that obviously helps within the mash process as well because the low surface tension and you're going to get a lot quicker um, conversion of your endosperm especially where they're using louter tons and you've got uh, half kernels and the likes, you know, whereas where we use mash filters, it has little or no extra effect because the conversion is pretty rapid anyway. We're, we're trying to find applications within the brewing fraternity, actually, John. You know, the first ones we hit straight upon were obviously the maltsters and the hop growers. Especially, especially at the farm level. Um, as I said earlier, in the maltings, uh, and obviously within the plants where a lot of chemicals are used for cleaning and sanitizing, that's where we're hoping to bring that down to a very low level. And of course, because of the hydration aspect, save water as well. Jeff, do you have any breweries trying, uh, trying this out yet? And if so, what are they finding to be the most useful applications? Haven't actually gone there yet. We've got okay. we've got one order. It's uh, going to a brewery back east in Columbia, South Carolina, and they will be the first to have the full enchilada, if you will. They've got uh, <laughs> they they they've got everything that this system can do all in one package. <laughs> That was Jeff Gunn and Carl Halterman here on the Master Brewers Podcast. For more info on ISTT Water, check the show notes for a direct link to Jeff's District Southern California presentation. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers Podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, Brew Ninja, Proximity Malt, BSG, Gussamer, and Precision Fermentation. So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support.